From Impact Fashion, it's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. I'm Rifki Itzkowitz, and on today's show, I talk with an entrepreneur about how she invented the article of clothing nobody wants to wear. She shares how she turned a hatred for pantyhose into a better option that doesn't want to just suck you in, and how she deals with creeping self-doubt. Laura McGuire is a new friend I met through some pretty unusual events that we detail in this conversation. Not only is she an all-around sweetheart, her and I align on so many things, from how we conduct our business to how we feel about the way women are spoken to about their bodies. Her pantyhose hipsticks are the most comfortable I've ever tried, and I'm so excited for you to hear her story. My mom sent me off to kindergarten, and she knew me as this bubbly, vivacious girl who would just sing and dance. And I go to kindergarten, and the teacher uh, teacher sets up a meeting with her and says, your daughter, Laura, she is very quiet and shy, but maybe we'll get her out of her shell. And my mom said, what? Do you have the right kid? So I slowly came out of um, that new experience of being in kindergarten and first grade. And by second grade, I was putting on plays uh, in the class. My teacher <laughs> let me just put on plays. Oh, that's fantastic. My grandmother actually loves to tell a story about me that when I was in, I think it was like like kindergarten, pre-K, somewhere in that age, the the class was putting on a play. And the way that the play worked was that each kid had a partner and then you went with your partner to the front of the stage and you sang your part of the song. And I like my partner was this really shy boy who was like freaked out because it was the performance day and all the parents were there or whatever, but it was my moment. This is, this is when we're gonna, we're gonna sing the part. So I walked over to him and I grabbed his arm and I dragged him up to the front and I belted our part out at the top of my lungs. And then he, and he was, and he was just didn't, he didn't even know what to do with himself. He was so, he, he was so terrified. There were so many people there, but I walked him up there and then I did our part and then I marched him back and then we, we moved on. So yeah, I can definitely relate. Oh, there's a home video there of that somewhere. Someone captured that. I know. My mom has it somewhere probably like on her old little VCR thing that you had to look through the eye yeah. uh, finder thing. Oh yeah, for sure. So after you were doing all of your plays and things, how did you, how did you move through high school? How did you move through college? What you know, what, what kind of friends did you have? A lot of plays. I, <laughs> second grade started, started off. And by the end of high school, I had done 20 productions. So I was into it. I was full on theater girl. And I ended up in high school being the drama club president for a few years, which was just a joy. I got to direct a play um, called uh, Everything I Ever Learned I Learned in Kindergartner. The, <laughs> the title is very long, um, but it's it, it was such a fantastic experience to be able to be a high schooler and direct my peers in a way that was just mutually beneficial for all of us, for me having the experience as a director and for them and my friends being the actors. It was, it was a fantastic time. And uh, I, I just, I can't believe I did 20 plays during that time period. That's a lot. Did you ever think that you would go on to do that professionally? Well, once I got to college, 
I guess, I don't know, some self-doubt creeped in, which, you know, us women have to face that, you know, is, was that just a hobby or am I really good at it? And so I did not end up pursuing it. Um, but yeah, I, I wondered there for a, for a hot minute if I was going to go to New York City and be on Broadway. Hey, it's a great place to live. I will, give it, I will give it that. Well, I've got a Southern accent, and I've noticed <laughs> that most of your guests um, do not. So That's a little true. variety show. There we go. There we, it's something different for your ears today. Yes. The, your accent is fantastic, by the way. It's awesome. Oh, the, uh, so when you decided that theater was not going to be it, what did you end up uh, pursuing in college? Well, so you go to you're, you go to college as an 18-year-old and you just have not been exposed yet to all of the options of the world. Like you know firefighter, you know teacher, you know uh, those core jobs that you see adults doing in the movies or even your parents and that's that's your vision. And it's not until you get to college that you get exposed to all the different schools and just the different jobs. And then even now I'm learning things like there's somebody that makes that part that goes into that thing, or there's somebody that engineers that plastic and comes up with the chemicals that make, it's just, it's wild how many jobs are out there. So I tell my daughters uh, to, to not be limited by what they see, to be exploring behind the scenes, what does it take to make things to service, uh, service the world? And so in college, I discovered the communication, uh, the communication school, and I learned about, first started in PR, and it was more news focused, and I said, the news maybe is not me, but branding and marketing, that's me. And so I fell in love with it and became a, attached to that as my path. That's fantastic. I'm, and I'm sure that that came in handy once you, once you started Hipstick, because that's where I, I know you. I know you, the, the way that we met is actually kind of fantastic. Um, there's a, a platform that we both use. How do you even pronounce it? Caro? Caro? I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. know. It's spelled C-A-R-R-O. Um, and if you're a small business owner listening to this, it's actually a really neat tool that allows you to see if influencers are engaging with your brand. So there's a free option that just tells you if somebody who has a sizable audience that they have some kind of influence over, I guess, um, has interacted with your brand. If they follow you on social media, if they are an email subscriber or anything like that, highly recommend. It's a great tool. And they opened up this second section of their platform to connect brands with one another. And to be perfectly honest, they need to really work on the communications of that part of the platform because it's super confusing. And through a whole series of miscommunications, you and I ended up connecting. Um, yes. Which, which I'm so glad that that ended up happening because what you're doing at Hipstick is freaking fantastic. And I'd love for you to tell me more about how Hipstick came to be and, and, and what that is. Yes. So I you look back at things that you do and it didn't just happen like in a moment. You don't just wake up one day and start a business or start a product. You realize that along the way, there's things that lead you to being really mindful about something that you want to solve. And I remember growing up, my mom would hate to wear pantyhose on Sunday. It in the eighties, women uh, more frequently did. And she would put them on and 
and my sisters and I have two sisters, all three of us would say, ah, we don't want to be a woman because that means we're going to have to wear pantyhose. Ah. And so I grew up with this thought that pantyhose and tights were a horrible experience, but just something you had to do. Then in the, um, around 2003 or so, I worked at Dillard's, the department store. And the women uh, who I worked with, most of them wanted to work in the um, purses section, in the handbag section, because that's where they made the most commission. And I said, you know what, ladies, I'll take one for the team. I'll go work in hosiery. No worries. I'll be the one in hosiery. Well, hosiery was hard to work in that section because women would come in and it's almost like a grudge purchase. It's like having to buy like cough drops, like oh, I have to buy pantyhose and I don't know what to buy and I don't know what size and I don't know what color, but I have an event coming up and I have to wear them. And so she'd be coming to the section unenthused. And then once she got there, having helping her navigate what size and the charts and the weight. And I remember on my first day, I asked a woman, I was you know, looking at the back of the package and I said, okay, well, it says here for this brand, what's your weight? And she gave me the stare, like, why are you asking me for my weight? And so I had to, I had to backpedal off of that. And just working in that section made me realize that there, there's some flaws. There's some room, there's some big room for improvement and there's some white space for sure. Um, and then as I was in my career where I worked with, I worked at an agency, as several agencies, and I would be helping other brands launch their product. I got to a point in 20, around 2015, where it dawned on me that I could be the one to change pantyhose and tights for good. I, I could be someone that brought about change in that category. So, uh, so yeah, it, it didn't just happen in one moment a lot of things led up to me saying, I, I could be the one, I could be the one. And that's where hipstick legwear came to be. Yeah. There's always a moment where you think there's a, where you see the problem and you're right. Usually it's something that you're seeing time and time and time again. And then it gets to a point where you're like, well, I know how to fix this. Why not me? Why can't, why can't I be the one to, to address this issue? What were the issues aside from, I mean, yeah, the height weight thing is obviously it's no one likes being asked their weight. I don't even know my weight. So I couldn't, I, I always found those, um, those charts to be so confusing, but what was it about hosiery that you wanted to fix? What was it that you wanted to improve? One of the predominant styles of hosiery is a control top. And what that says to me as a woman is you, Laura, you need to wear this garment because you need to look skinnier. You need to be sucked in. And I, I was very disturbed by that. Like I, on a Tuesday at 11 o'clock a.m. at work, I didn't need to look skinnier, especially before lunch. Like, come on. Right. Let's, let's get uh, practical I wanted to here. like eat, eat lunch and feel comfortable. Yeah. So the, the shapewear and the idea of sh of shapewear was very predominant when I was at Dillard's and we were selling we were selling a lot of it and Sarah Blakely she invented an incredible product and she's an amazing inspiration to me still today 
with um, her shaper concept. And that that is what women were being told. So I think a lot of where the changes could occur in this category is in the idea that it can be comfortable. We don't have to make it uncomfortable for you to want to wear it. So besides the sizing, which I think is, the sizing is contributing to the discomfort, there is a, a style and a way to make hosiery that has been flawed. They've been making it on the same machines for decades and the machines make it in a very tubular fashion. And we aren't tubes, humans and women, we're not shaped like tubes. So there's multiple attributes of how the products were, are, were currently being made that just needed to come together in a design that was a, that's appealing to the customer. Right. It's my mom actually sometimes refers to her hosiery as sausage casing because it's always it always feels so constricted and it always feels like you're stuffing yourself into it. And it, you're right. It's never really a comfortable experience. So if I had this idea for better hosiery, I would not even know where to start, how to get something like that made or produced or or anything. So how did you go about creating it? Yeah, I I think part of it is just there's not, there was not much conversation going on to innovate hosiery. There just was not much conversation besides shapewear. There wasn't much conversation about innovation going on for hosiery up until really the last year or two, to be honest. So when I went to seek out how to develop an actually comfortable pair of tights and pantyhose, there were very few manufacturers who had machines who could do what I was asking for. And as I was having these conversations, uh, really it boiled down to one manufacturer who happened to be just 90 minutes from uh, my, my house, which is where I work out of. And so that was, became a beautiful thing. It, it was so easy then to be able to have conversations with them, to be able to develop uh, the hipstick lace top, take a look at different uh, samples, go there, talk to them, be in person with them versus making it uh, in another country or in another state. So when, when I talk to other women who are wanting to launch a product, a lot of them want that luxury of being close to where their product is being made so that they can have those fruitful conversations in innovation and go where they want the product to go. Right. Yeah. I'm a big fan of local manufacturer. I, I do all my production here in New York City and it's fantastic. It means like even if, as soon as we finish recording this conversation, I'm going to my factory just to check up on things and see, you know, where, where things are holding and being able to have those conversations in real time and also to just be on top of things is a huge advantage when it comes to quality control. For someone who is not familiar with hipstick, can you talk me through what makes a hipstick pantyhose different from your standard pantyhose? Yes. So hipstick is designed to actually be comfortable. We have a lace top, a wide lace band that is stretchy, that goes around where your body is versus digging in. Back to what your mom said about the sausage casing. Yeah. The lace goes where you are and stretches to where your curves are. 
which is where our sizing comes into play. We are not sized by weight. I, as we've talked, I found that to be incredibly flawed because women carry their weight in different places of their body and legwear, tights and pantyhose is all about your, your bottom half. So your legs. So we are designed by body shapes and we have five body shapes, which are uh, the pretty standard shapes for um, women's bodies, triangle, rectangle, V-shape, hourglass, and O-shape. And we pair that with height, which is really the length of the legs um, so that you can get enough room in the legs. So that way you get a lace band fit that's more like pants or more like a dress size versus this weight thing that no other apparel does only hosiery does the weight thing right so so hipstick is a more of a hip sitting product not as high on your body and it is super stretchy super comfortable comfortable and i made sure that my manufacturer i i walked in and i said i want buttery soft legs and they all laugh that I described it as buttery soft, but because <laughs> I love butter. But who doesn't? But buttery soft legs so that you've got comfort from toes to your midsection. Exactly. Butter is always a good idea. <laughs> you you can never go wrong with butter. My family, my family at every holiday, the gift that I get is something butter related. It's a butter <laughs> ornament. It's a butter mold, so I can make like the turkey shaped butter. <laughs> That's awesome. Now I know what to get you for, for your next gift. There the, you go. <laughs> when, when you were, you know, thinking, when you were describing this to me, um, when we had first connected, I thought, okay, that sounds interesting. And then, um, I've had the luxury of being able to try out hipstick leg wear, and I don't think I'm ever going back to anything else because the, the difference, you see it immediately in the packaging, which is aside from the different size chart, which anyone who knows me knows that I'm obsessed with size charts and I could go on and on about how ridiculous most size charts are and how it's so difficult to find a great one. Your size chart is fantastic. But either way, it's that the the whole vibe of the packaging and of really the brand in general is exactly what you were saying, that you know, you're 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 perfect just as you are and let's wrap you, let's not conform you. Um, which is something that you know, anyone who knows me knows that I'm a big fan of also. So that, that was really exciting to me. And you feel it when you put on hipstick leg wear, it just, it feels different. It doesn't feel like when I put on other pantyhose, they feel, it feels like I'm stuffing myself into something as opposed to when I put on a hipstick, you can feel that there's room in the spots where I need it. And there's space for me. And it doesn't feel like I am squishing myself into something. The low rise did take me a little while to get used to though. I did, it, I want to say it took me like a half an hour because when I did first put it on, my first instinct was like, wait, but it's supposed to be so much higher. It's supposed to be, um, you know, I'm so used to pantyhose fitting like right under my bra. But then, you know, probably after about a half an hour, I was like, oh, this is nice to not have something digging into my side. This is, yeah. you know, yeah. this makes a big difference. Exactly. And why all of those other pairs, why we're hiking them up as women, why they go up to our bras is because they've got to have a mechanism to stay up. And the way they stay up is to be super high and just totally encase you. And I went low rise so that you've had the breathing room. And I put a silicone stick strip on the inside of the lace so that they can almost, they can almost like attach, attach and hug your skin 
so that they don't ride down. And I have a lot of uh, women who are seeking maternity wear who love the low-rise design because it can go under her belly. And there are many women who suffer um, from just really um, debilitating uh, everyday pain and they don't want clothing that constricts or goes high and up hiking it up to the bra. They need that breathing room. And so that's one of the most awesome things that has happened as a result of this design is that women who just weren't able to wear the old style are now able to enjoy outfits, dresses, and skirts with a design that's actually comfortable for her. That's fantastic. So once you um, had an idea of what you wanted the product to be and you set up the manufacturing for it, how did you go about building Hipstick? So I... I had my own idea of what I wanted in a pair of tights and pantyhose that were actually comfortable, but I wanted to make sure that it just wasn't me. And I knew that women didn't like, didn't necessarily like what was on the market, but I wanted to hear what exactly didn't she like. So I started asking women. I started asking women of all age ranges, of all walks of life women who wear for work, women who just wear on occasion. I even asked women who have never worn a pair before ever why she hadn't. Uh, my cousin, she had, had never worn a pair and she had avoided them like the plague. She even, when she was a little kid, her mom like made sure to only get her outfits that were pants outfits. And I said, I need you to try these on because I need to have your viewpoint also, someone who's never never tried tights of pantyhose before. And she put them on and she said, oh, well, these aren't that bad. And I laughed because her first experience was this comfortable experience. And, and I've yet to go back and, and have her try on a, like a pair of the old style <laughs> to get her comparison, um, to get her feedback. But I got feedback from all kinds of women to help design this perfect pair. and. It took several months of this with our manufacturer to um, show me different ways we could do this, um, which led to um, led to building the brand. And my husband is a designer. He's a, uh, a creative director, and he has helped design uh, many grocery brands in his career. So he was able to bring to the table the uh, design aspect of what we needed to build a brand. So he was able to design the packaging and design our e-commerce presence and all of the materials that would you need. And there's just an endless supply of materials that you need to continue to keep your brand fresh and relevant. And I have that right in house with him, which is, which is just an absolute asset to building a brand. That's a wonderful bonus. My husband is an accountant. And it's very helpful. <laughs> yes, yes. We had to hire out for that, right? Ex exactly. And I had to hire out design. But yeah, exactly. You've, I didn't marry him because he's an accountant, but it's a nice perk. I'm not going to lie. Yes, yes. So you get the brand set up and, you know, probably, I mean, it's your background in marketing communications is for sure really helpful at this point, but probably the hardest thing with any brand is to get the word out and to get people excited about it. And I would imagine that it's kind of difficult to get people excited about something that they're not, you know, nobody likes pantyhose, except now they should. But how do you, how did you go about reversing that, um, that notion that pantyhose could be comfortable? 
Yes, you hit the nail on the head. It's about changing perceptions. And that's one of the hardest tasks to do as a new brand. You've got to have a lot of money and a lot of um, energy to be able to get enough impressions out just to educate the consumer that, hey, you can walk close to these. Like, right. it's not going to be the same experience that you've had before. So I would say that is the that is the most important piece to my brand and the thing that costs the most money and the hardest thing to message around to tell someone you can try you can try this and you're going to have a different experience that is a big brand ask so what we what i went in thinking is that younger millennial women would want to start with hipstick, if, if their first pair um, is hipstick, they'll really enjoy wearing tights and pantyhose. And what I found very quickly um, in marketing is that the women who've been wearing horrible tights and pantyhose for their whole lives, that those are the women who really are going to resonate with this idea and really care and get excited about something uh, that is a problem solver for her. So I went in with one business plan to message to millennials and younger women, and I have really focused on making the experience of someone who is experienced with this product category a better experience. Right. So, and how did you go about doing that? So we are an e-commerce um, based business. Um, I have very much tried to get this product into department stores, but we're still very young. Um, been doing this since 2016. And so we are mostly sold online and at boutiques um, around, around America. So most of our marketing is digital based. Um, we want a woman to see us and then be able to click and go learn more at our website. So we have found that um, discovery of this product and where we can um, market with a discovery aspect is um, our biggest win. So Facebook marketing, uh, where she's scrolling and, and seeing uh, Instagram marketing or affiliate marketing, where a, a woman such as yourself who has an audience of other women is able to share her experience finding the most comfortable tights and pantyhose and then being able to share that in an outfit or share that uh, in, in a post with, or a blog post or an uh, outfit post with her followers. Right. Those, those are always the most, I always find those to be the best leads because, you know, you get connected to the people who you follow online and then it feels like a recommendation from a friend, which is always the most kind of powerful um, you, the, the most kind of powerful recommendation. I want to backtrack a little bit because uh, you mentioned earlier that when you, you know, when you got to college and you were thinking about theater, that you had this self-doubt that kind of crept in and, you know, made you think that maybe you should go in a different direction. I'm curious if that ever came up again when you were in the process of building Hipstick or now while you're in the, while you're running it um, and how you, and how you dealt with that. Absolutely. So that continues to be something I have to check myself on. Um, and it's for different reasons. So I've been doing this since 2016. And since then, there have been multiple brands that have come out 
with comfortable options. And the self-doubt will, will creep in and say, well, there's other options now. And I'll say, but wait, I, I have um, built a customer base. I have women who love hipstick. Um, so I have to check myself along the way and I encourage other women who I speak with to not let that that get you down when others come out with something similar there will always be competition there will always be other brands who uh, want to copy you or come out with a design that's similar to yours and that doesn't mean that your brand doesn't have a space or a place right and I think that also when it comes especially to copying it's a tough, it's, it's a tough spot to be in. Cause in, in a way it means that you're doing something right. And yet it's right. still so frustrating. Right. Right. Well, it, it can lead to you losing that specialness that you have because you start to Frankenstein on what other brands um, that have something similar to you are saying, because you think that's the right thing to do. And then you start to, to grade who you truly are and what all those customers love about you. So I just try to check myself in those moments that um, I, I do have, I do have something going here that's, that's different. And I have a differentiation, just got to keep, keep plugging away at it. Right. When you, when you say that you check yourself, is there something specific that you tell yourself or that, or like an exercise that you do to get yourself in the right mindset? Well, it, it doesn't happen immediately. I, when I check myself, I have to, I have to let um, that information of, uh, of a new brand or am I worthy of coming up, up with a brand? Am I worthy of being a founder of a product? I have to let it sink in. And it takes several days of thinking through that to get to a place where you say, I have done a lot to get to the point that I've gotten to. And I think, I think as women, we, uh, we want a solution quickly. And sometimes it just takes thinking about it over several days to get yourself back out of it. It's, a, it's definitely a climb. It's definitely not a, not a flat road. We are all, uh, as business owners, climbing and there you really can't see the top to be honest and if you see the top it it means your it means really your brand is over right you've either sold or something has happened so we are constantly seeing the top of the hill you have to remind yourself that that there that you have done so much up until this point to get where you've gotten and to celebrate the successes along the way Right. One of the things that I always try to keep in mind is I never want to be the smartest person in the room because that means I'm in the wrong room. You know, like, like you said, when you're, if you see the top, then you're, you're in trouble. And that can be really hard to keep in mind because, you know, in a way, when you're building a brand, you're always working and you're always reaching for something else. And that can get really exhausting. Um, but it's important to remember that when you keep in mind the grand scheme of things, I always find that looking back at where I was a year ago or two years ago and comparing that to where I am now to say, oh, right, you you have been accomplishing things. You're doing so much and there's still so much more to do. But that's a good thing. That means that that means that you're that you're on the right path and that there's more left to accomplish. 
Right. I laugh at some of the stuff that I did year one. I just barreled into trying to get department stores to carry me. Like I, day one, I was like, okay, Dillard's is going to carry me because I used to work there. Right. And it's so funny to see what are the things that I just boldly went into. And I'd say out of 10 bold things, one thing worked. And that's what I look back on and say, whoa, that was a success. So you've got to do 10 bold things to just get that one thing. And it's a grind, but it is so sweet looking back at those moments. Right, for sure. What were your 10 bold things? I'm so curious. Oh my gosh. Like just sending my product to department stores with a, with a letter and some of the uh, packages that I would send, I would put some my brand colors, it's yellow and purple. So I, when they opened up the box, there would be like yellow confetti popping <laughs> out. <laughs> I would do these crazy things that probably like annoyed the person opening it, but it did get the attention of uh, the grommet. The grommet was one of the first, um, one of the first major um, e-commerce discovery platforms to carry us. And, uh, and so it really, it really blows my mind that they took the chance on my product and they only take about, I think it's the statistic is 3% of the products that get pitched to them. So that was one of my, that was one of my crazy things I did. I walked into a department store corporate office with one of these big packages and tried to get a meeting with someone. I was inspired by Sarah Blakely and her story. So yeah. I, I really thought about how can I do it, do it differently so I'm not a copycat, but how can I take that energy that she had, um, she had and do that. Another thing that I did was at uh, parties, I would just lift up my skirt and show the lace top. <laughs> That's bound to get some attention. And I, I would just do that. And there would be some people who would just be like wildly, like, what is she doing? And then there'd be some people that would be like, whoa, yeah, that is different. So you, you've just, you've got to, you've got to be bold. And that's where we've been talking about um, this self-doubt and checking yourself. When you are bold, there are some people that look at you like, why are you doing that? And so that's when you can feel a little out of place, but it's those bold things that, that lead to awesome stuff for your business. That's so true. It's those, those are the crazy things that, you know, one of them is bound to stick just by being, like you said, so bold that, yeah, that it's, it's, it's a cool move. What, what is it that you um, are hoping to accomplish with Hipstick? Well, you know, we live in this world where um, you can be yourself, which I, I love that. I love that we are now in a place where it's you be you. And I can see that even in my own daughters. They, they are their own person. They wear what expresses them and they don't wear something because they're, it's cool at school to wear it. So we're in a place where you can be you, which is awesome. But I also think that we've degraded the way that we present ourselves by just choosing to wear sweatpants and yoga pants. And we wear yoga pants out when we don't even intend to go to yoga. <laughs> so I, I love this idea that this comfort that we crave and this wanting to be ourselves that we crave merges with this 
it's this beautiful image of yourself and those two come together that comfort and style come together and that you can be stylish and be comfortable at the same time so that's that's really where I, I that's really where I want to leave my mark I'll I'll use Aliza's book title leave your mark <laughs> is this idea that we can be stylish and we can be comfortable and we don't just have to we don't just have to wear pajamas every day Right. That there's, that there's a, a happy median. I'm really, really excited to be working together. Um, we, we mesh on a lot of different levels and in a lot of the same ways that we look at, you know, just the way, the way that women move through the world and the way that they feel while they do that is something that both of us are really passionate about. And I'm really, really excited for this new, like, I know that a lot of, I personally have avoided wear pantyhose for years because they were really, really uncomfortable and finding a comfortable option that was, that worked for me was, it was, it was, it was really a big deal. And in, um, in situations where I probably should be in pantyhose and I previously would not have been, it's nice to know that I have, um, a really great option to, uh, to fall back on. And that's, that's pretty fantastic. I want to, yeah. I, I'm, I'm really excited for this. And um, for anyone who's listening, there's um, Laura and I are working on a couple things together. So definitely stay tuned for that. If somebody wants to be in touch with you, Laura, or learn more about Hipstick, where can they go? So we are at hipsticks.com. That's H-I-P-S-T-I-K-S.com. And if you leave off the S, you'll still get to me. And I'm at happy at hipsticks.com. And I check every single customer email that comes through because the value and the feedback that I get from those emails is just huge for my business. So I respond to every email at happyathipsticks.com and you can find us on social media, which you can link off to from, from our website. We're at Hipstick or at Hipstick Tights, uh, depending on the platform. That's fantastic. I'm going to put all of that in the show notes so that people can find that. And the last thing that I want to ask you, Laura, is what I ask everyone who comes on the show. And that is to you, Laura McGuire, in your business, in your personal life, and the way that you move through the world, what does it mean to make an impact? Well, it's funny to make an impact in hosiery. It's kind of, <laughs> I look back on that and I say, that's the funniest way to have built a platform around my life. But how cool is that, that hosiery that doesn't get much conversation at all, that's where I can leave my mark and I can change hosiery for the better. I can make it a better experience for women. And just the feedback that I get is so exciting and propels me just forward every single day that I am making a difference in a very small, funny category of hosiery. <laughs> that is fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on today, Laura. I really appreciate it. It was fun. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Laura, her email and site are linked in the show notes. Laura has so generously offered all lovelies 15% off their first order of hipsticks. Use code IMPACT15 to take advantage now through the end of 2020. In the show notes, you'll also find links to the most comfortable mask and at-home activities perfect for quarantine, some of which are free, all of which are high fashion. Access all of that by swiping up on the cover art or going to impactfashionnyc.com. To hear more episodes, be sure to subscribe. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help more people hear it, leave a review or a quick rating. They make my day. The episode art was designed by Michelle Moses. Original music composed by Nissan Fetman. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Rifki Itzkowitz. Catch me on Instagram and Facebook at impact.fashion.myc. As always, here's to making an impact together.